Good morning, Woodland Hills. And good morning, parishioners, uh, whenever you're listening to us. Uh, it's good to have you joining in, being a part of this. I'm Greg Boyd, uh, the uh, teaching pastor here. And uh, it's just a joy to get together and to worship together and to be here together. Um, I, I want to start by giving a little update on uh, uh, my health activity. Uh, I shared this about six weeks ago, but I have a point to it that I'll get to here in a moment. But um, as I shared some time ago, uh, maybe some of you haven't heard this, but I, I used to love to run. It was my favorite sport. I just loved to run. I loved to run to the point of just trashing myself. I, I don't know why. It's weird, but I used to like to run ultra marathons, and I just like spending myself, just pouring myself out. Just, so there's nothing left. Just loved it. But I developed some arthritis in my knees, and uh, uh, that got to be pretty uncomfortable. It was like running on pins and needles. So I had to uh, graduate to race walking. And I've always liked to compete. That was always a major part of my motivation. So I took up that race walking, you know, where you got to get the hip swip, you know, like that. And uh, did that for a couple of years. Uh, I couldn't quite spend myself the way I used to when I ran. I didn't like it as much, but it, at least it was something to do and it gave me some exercise. But then uh, uh, that started to hurt the knees a little bit. And then I got two herniated discs. Um, and so I couldn't do my swivel hips anymore. It hurt. And, and so I had to give up that. And about that time, this is about four years ago now, I pretty much quit everything. I mean, thankfully, I still walked my dog uh, every day and going out to parks and stuff. So that's some exercise. And I, I played drums, and that's good exercise. So I wasn't a, t- a total couch potato, but pretty much a couch potato. Got up to uh, two years ago, um, once I found out that my scale was broken and had been lying to me for two years that I was 200 pounds, I discovered I was 220 pounds. So that was kind of my peak. Um, but I just accepted that this is how it's going to be. I tried physical therapy, a couple different kinds of physical therapy. I, I had chronic back pain. Um, and it was so irritating, like a dagger in the back, you know. And, and so I went to physical therapy. That didn't help. You tried the different shots, injections, and blockers, and nothing really seemed to work. And considered uh, surgery, and that's still on the table, though I don't think I'm going to be needing it. But uh, um, uh, they, for various reasons, thought I'm not really a good candidate for that either. So I... They basically said, there's nothing more we can do. And I came to the conclusion that I just have to accept this. This is just how it's going to be. Um, and it was, it, was, it was hard for me because, I mean, I, I would look at, every time I'm driving up Summit, I live over in St. Paul, and every time I see people jogging up and down Summit, like I used to do it, I always, I, I always be thinking, oh, you luckies, luckies. Or I see people dancing, I think, oh, you luckies, I can't do that anymore. And I said, I just accepted the truth that uh, this is how it's going to be. i got to deal with my pain the rest of my life. I'm not going to be able to run, not going to be able to race walk or do any kind of strenuous exercise. Couldn't play with the kids at all the way I used to play with the kids. I'm just physically impaired. And man, it was depressing, honestly. Um, I mean, good came out of it. I didn't realize how much of my confidence was based on my physicality until I lost it. And so then I had to kind of shift and, and make Christ more the basis of my confidence. So God is always bringing good out of evil. But still, this felt like it was really something. I, I just believed that this is, this is all I could, all the further I could get. And then someone sent me a video uh, that led me to look at a couple other videos. The videos. I discovered videos of all these folks who had back problems way worse than me and knee problems way worse than me. And sometimes they were jacked up in other ways that I'm not even jacked up in. But they just have make tremendous comebacks by intentionally, I mean, just by really pouring themselves into a certain kind of exercise. Uh, and it never occurred to me that I didn't know that you could work your way out of pain. 
that, 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 I, I, it just never occurred to me. So I, I looked at this video. The first one I watched was it's called Never Give Up or Never Never Quit. I think that's it. By this guy named Arthur Borman. And, 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 and he was just in terrible shape. And yet by just pouring himself into stretching and strengthening and discipline and the rest, uh, within, within a year or so, he was able to not only walk again, he, was, he had to use crutches like this, but he, he could actually sprint. He could run. And, and I thought, man, if he could do it, exercise his way out of pain, maybe I could. Maybe I could. At least it's worth a shot. And so on April 7th, I, I decided to, I started this, this kind of yoga. And what, what I liked about this particular kind of yoga is it's, it's very motivational. They, they have an app and stuff. It's called DDPY, uh, Dallas Diamond Page Yoga. And if that sounds silly to you, then it's, uh, well, it's because it's, I don't care if it sounds silly. <laughs> Look at it, it, it was motivation. And so I, I started just doing the stretching and all this stuff every morning. Um, and and uh, strengthening stuff. And I just got, pour myself into it. And at first it was just torture. You know, and they have all these poses you got to do. And, and man, it was just torture. I had to get down in this catcher's position. And it was like, ah, 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 And then getting up was worse. <laughs> you know, at first I had to use my hands like this. Um, but I just stayed with it. I just stayed with it. I thought, I'll give it three months, pour myself out three months, and see where it gets me. Um, and, and, and so I have to do it every morning. If you, in fact, I, I do this all day long. I can't embarrass my wife. We're out shopping someplace now. All of a sudden, I get down and squat like this. You know, it's like, but the, you know, before, I told you before, I had trouble even getting down here. And, and, but now I'm getting, so I can get my forearm down there. Almost got it down there. Give me another couple of weeks, it'll be down there. And, and I just was pouring myself out. And then in time, I, I, I was already walking with the dog. So I thought, well, what, what happened if I started to maybe race walk again, do my speed walking? Can I even get that back? Because I'm doing a lot of core strengthening exercises, a lot of back strengthening exercises. Maybe my back can handle it. And sure enough, I'm out there walking with my dog and doing this race walking. And I, I could, I, I would go for a mile at first. I, I would have to stretch, you know, at various intervals. First, it was like every five minutes, then every 10 minutes. But the longer I did it and the stronger I got, the longer I could go before I had to stop and stretch. I got to the point where I could race walk five miles. That was about uh, six weeks or, or so ago. And then I started to throw in just to see, just to check out. I noticed I, I now it's not just the exercise. I, my wife and I have gone on this diet where we're not eating, we're staying away from any kind of inflammatories, eating a lot of anti inflammation has a lot to do with the pain you're experiencing, I, I'm realizing. And so cut out inflammation, cut out gluten, cut out all this other kind of stuff. I had way too much sodium going into me, knock that all off. And, uh, and, and so then I, I, I got to the point where I could go five miles uh, walking without having to stop. And then I started throwing little, 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 little periods of jogging. And at first it was only like 200 yards. How's that feel? And I'm, I'm testing my knees. Because of the, I'm not doing it, having inflammation stuff as much. My, my knees are much less inflamed. So I, they're not as painful. And I, I, I started jogging a little bit. And it got farther and farther. Um, and then about uh, four weeks ago, I ran a mile just uh, without stopping, jogged a mile. I couldn't believe it. I'm actually doing this again. And then I went up to two miles. Uh, and I'm just kind of just pushing the envelope, seeing where it goes, getting back in shape. And, uh, well, I'm proud to report to you that I've got a scrape right here. Look at that scrape. You've been noticing that scrape? Well, I, I got that yesterday on Summit Avenue at the end of my five-mile run. I, I uh, did five miles. I, I, I know it! And, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm as slow as, you know, molasses, but I don't care. I'm, and I'm out there running. I, I, I never thought I'd be able to do this again. It makes me want to cry. 
I thought I'd never do this again. This morning when we're having worship, I'm jumping back and forth and dancing like this, you know, because I can. It says, dance like the weight got lifted. Well, mine got lifted and I want to dance. And I didn't think I used to be able to do that. For two, two and a half years, I had to sit during worship. Even standing just was, was too much. And now I just feel so free. See, here's the thing. I really believed that I couldn't do anything about it. I I was convinced. This is just who I am. And it's kind of a victim part of that. It's like, oh, poor me. Nothing I can do about this. And all my energy was poured into just accepting it. But when I got this different picture, it it called that into question. Maybe that's not true. Maybe there is something you can do about it. Maybe you're not as incapacitated as you've been told. Maybe you're not as weak as you've been led to believe. Maybe you got more potential in you than anyone has, 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 has called you out on. What's still in the tank? And I began to just explore that. And now I've discovered that that was not true at all. That was not true at all. That I could do nothing. That was, that was, I'm entitling this message, Fake News. Because we believe fake news all the time. We believe fake news. Nothing I can do about it. I, I, I want to encourage some of you, I bet, are in the same position. You got that chronic pain. And, and, and you know what? I'm not unrealistic. Maybe there is nothing you can do. There's conditions where there are real limits and you have to accept. I'm not going to think I'm going to run a sub, you know, three-hour marathon anytime soon. You got to accept, you know, limits. But you never know where those limits are until you push against them. And somebody needs to hear this message where you, you physically, you are just threw in the towel. And I want to challenge you to pick, the, pick that towel up again. And try to start sweating again. And I don't know what program you got to get into. I don't know how you're going to do it. you got to find your own way on this. But uh, uh, get back in the game. You don't know how much you can get back. How my life is, I just envision my future is so different now because of that one inspiring video. It got me going in a totally different direction. I never would be doing this if I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't called into question what I thought was true. And man, that changes, you know, that, that doesn't just change your body. It changes your body for sure. And it feels good. And, but it changes your attitude as well. It really does. Uh, it, it gives you this can-do attitude, this, excuse me, a kick-ass attitude. That It's like, you know, if I put my mind to it, I can do that. And, 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 and it gives you clarity about things. Plato always said that your mind and body are inextric- inextricably woven together. And, and, and that's why he required all of his mathematicians to also be wrestlers. <laughs> you know, it's all interconnected. So when you can have your body doing its best, you'll find that you are doing, going at your best. And yeah, there are limitations and there's going to be aches. And I'm not claiming I'm, I'm pain-free now. No, but, but what I'm finding is I can manage it way better than I used to. And when I start to feel that tightness coming on, I just get down there and I start doing some stretches. And I don't care where I am, I just do it. And, uh, and you st- elongate that cord and all, 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 all the rest of it. And ask the question, what other lies have maybe you believed? What things do you believe about yourself that maybe are not true? Because wherever there's fake news, you're going to find there's limitations and restrictions. And ultimately, the quality of your life, fake news always sucks the quality of your life out of you. Fake news always is inherently destructive. And we're seeing that today, just in our, our, uh, in our society. When people have 
their own individual sources of information and then have their brains formed and fashioned and molded according to all who agree with them. And they start to live out in their own little world and they believe whatever news is told to them because they trust this authority and the authority is just not trustworthy. Well, then it, it, we're seeing it, it, it erodes community, it erodes society, it erodes democracy. Because the truth is you can't have a democracy, let alone any kind of community, unless you have some kind of shared reality. We agree upon these realities. We agree upon the, these trusted institutions. We agree upon these, these core values. Yeah, we may disagree profoundly on everything else, but there's a common, common something that we have. But when you have fake news, it just rips everyone apart into their own kind of universe. It's always inherently destructive. What are some of the fake news that we have believed about ourselves? Lies that we've believed. Limitations that we've accepted. When you believe fake news, see, it, it's fake, which means it's not real. And the thing is, is that when you're living in and believing in fake news, you're going to bump up against the real. That's why fake news is always inherently destructive. Uh, you, know, you can believe, you're free to believe that you can fly if you want and go test that by jumping off a cliff, but I'll guarantee you reality will win. And you'll find out that, that you're believing fake news when you hit the bottom. And then it would be too late, but that's how, that's how it always is. Fake news. It ultimately is the devil's main tool at destroying us. See, God defines what, what is true. He, God is the creator of all. And so God is the only one that we can totally trust to tell us what is true, to tell us what is real. And this, this is the whole game right here, folks. Our lives will be participating in the shalom of God, the wholeness of God, the integrity of God. Um, to the degree that our minds and our hearts and our lives are aligned with his definition of truth. Because he's the creator. To the degree that we're in congruity with the creator and with reality as defined by the creator, well, we're going to be running smoothly. All right? We're going to, we'll have harmony. But to the degree that we're believing lies, in fact, this is the essence of all sin right here, folks. We'll see it here in a moment when I turn to Genesis 3. Did God say, did God say, oh, really? The, the, at the root of every sin is us entertaining the possibility that God is not reliable. Us entertaining the possibility that there's a better way for, to, for us to go. This is the essence of all sin. We imagine an alternative course of action, an alternative story we could live in. Think about it. Whenever we sin, we're pretending that God doesn't exist. That's, we, 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 we have to put him out of the picture. And, and we, we tell ourselves some story that makes sense out of this, but I guarantee you that story is fake news. Because it contradicts the story that God gives us. And it will, maybe not immediately, maybe not right away, but eventually uh, we pay for it. We bump up against reality. And, and, and it often hurts. Uh, this is what the judgment of God is. It's simply this. God wired into the nature of things that when you live consistent with reality, it goes well for you. When you don't, you sooner or later bump into reality and it hurts. And that's the judgment of God. Go down the road long enough and sooner or la later reality catches up. Our lives are, 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 are going to be in, 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 at peace to the degree that we're in congruity with God, to the degree that we're not. Well, there's conflict, there's disturbance, there's disquietude, there's depression. And all of that is because, all that is just a form of pain, and pain is there to tell you something's wrong. And what's wrong is you're going down the wrong road. Headed towards 
the opposite of wholeness of life that God has in, has in store for you. Okay, so we're going to take another pass at Genesis 3 here because this passage is so profound. got so much divinely inspired wisdom packed into it. I just want to just spend some time mining it a little bit. And what I'm going to do this morning is, 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 is kind of connect the dots on several themes that we've been uh, touching on as we've gone through this series on, on love and judgment. Kind of bring some things together. And I want us to see uh, here this morning that, the, the, that our, our view of God is inextricably bound up with our view about ourselves, which is inextricably bound up with our view of others, which is inextricably bound up with our view of the earth and the animal kingdom. And when we believe fake news about any one of those, it's going to set the whole thing off. And because the way that we view people and the way that we view things determines how we treat them, well, this, this passage we'll see this morning explains why we have tended to mistreat God, ourselves, and others, and the earth and the animal kingdom throughout history. The last group, most recently, in the last 30 years, were really mistreating the earth and the animal kingdom. But it's because we believe fake news. And it starts with our view of God. So here, here, here uh, is Genesis 3, 1 through 7, once again. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God say, did he really say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, oh, we may eat fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. Don't invade the center. We talked about that uh, last week. Listen to the message if you didn't hear it. But the serpent said to the woman... You shall not die. God is a liar. Because God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God doesn't want any competition here. He implies that this is how God got to know good and evil, that God ate the tree, which implies that really the tree is God because the tree is the God maker. Bad theology. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, which is a lie... It wasn't to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate of it, and, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they saw, sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Lord, open our eyes and open our hearts to receive your word, to be freed from lies, to be liberated, and to be dancing in the field of your grace like we just sang about, knowing the truths about who you are and who we are. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. So it starts with a lie about God. It always does. Um, the truth about God is that God is fully revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, and that God, Jesus reveals that God is, is other-oriented love. Here's how we know what love is. God is love, and here's how we know what love is. Uh, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so also we should give our life for one another. God is love. God, love isn't just a verb that God does. Love is the noun that God is. It's who God is all the way to the core of God's being. So we got to lock it in that in God, there is Christ-like love, cross-like love, and nothing else. Every other attribute of God is an expression of that love. This is his essence. There's nothing in God that competes with that. So if you ever hear anyone saying, yeah, God is love, but, go full stop, there's no but. Just tell this person, God has got no but. No, there's no love but. Love is, 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 is the essence. Everything else is an expression of that, including even God's grace. But see, the serpent comes along and says, well, Eve, you know, I know that you've been told that God is, you know, a friendly God, a nice God, and he's got your best interest in mind, but you know, have you ever really thought about that? He says that in the day that you eat of it, you're going to die. Well, you know what? 
That, that deity that you've been putting your trust in is a liar. No, he's holding out on you. He's manipulating you. He's a Machiavellian tyrant. This deity, he, he, he just doesn't want you to get what he got. He discovered the tree, and that's how he knows good and evil. And he doesn't want you to have the same status. So Eve, you've, you've been trusting the wrong source. Trust me, the serpent is saying. Look at this perspective on God. You've been being duped. The truth he calls fake news. Here's a different kind of perspective. And see, when we get our view of God mixed up or our view of ultimate reality mixed up, it's going to screw up everything. What you think about what is ultimately real is like the frame in which everything else gets painted. It's, it, it's the framework in which you interpret everything. And so, you know, if you, depending on what you believe about God, it determines on what you're going to be seeing with people, about yourself, and with, with others. It, it, what you believe about ultimate reality determines the ultimate story that you live in. What story do you live in? Do you live in a story where, where, where it actually has a point? There's a purpose because there's an intelligent storyteller? And, and do you live in a story that, that has a glorious ending? Or do you live in a story where you think that the universe is all there is, that that's, there's no God or whatever, so human beings are just sort of some, some chance life form that sort of evolved on this planet, and we're really just kind of have no more value than fungus, and we're a particular type of fungus that grows on a cooling planet for a short period of time, and then we choke the planet to death. And that's the end of the whole story. You could live in that story, but it depends on... What is your view of ultimate reality? What story are we in? What's this life all about? What is existence? What are we here for? What are we doing? What's the meaning of it all, if it has any meaning? All that will be shaped by how you view God. And as I often say, your relationship with God will never outrun the beauty of your mental conception of God. But this story involves, at its core, and it's at the core of every, all sin, is a lie about what, what story we're a part of. What are we supposed to be doing here? What's going on here? And then there's a lie about Eve. And remember, this is a story that is, is a paradigmatic story. So a lie about Eve is a lie about us. This is a story about how, how things all, all, all go wrong. What's off with humanity? And, and, and the, in the ancient Near East, the way you explain why, how something is, is going is by telling a story about it. So to explain what is wrong with human beings, you tell a story about how we got so screwed up. And so, so when talking about Eve, we're talking about all of us. The truth is that Eve, like all of us, we were created to be content simply out of our relationship with God, to be content with that. Uh, Eve, Eve was, was created to have her life centered on God and, and to have her fullness of life coming out of that relationship with God and then to overflow with that life and with that love back to God, to herself, to her husband, to all others, and to the earth and the animal kingdom. Life was meant to be lived as a celebration of life, not a kind of a desperation trying to get life. Truth is that Eve was, and all of human beings, we were given a job. Our first mandate was to take care of the earth and the animal kingdom. God's basically saying, here's part of your, essential part of your purpose. Take care of my property. I'm going to entrust you with my property, and I'm going to entrust you with my pets. And that was our first job. So we have our contentment and our fullness of life uh, given from God. And then out of that, we're to take care of the, the earth and the animal kingdom, steward them as, as, as God's resources. We don't do that in order to get God to like us, but we do it because we already know God likes us. We know God loves us. We know that this is our dignity as image of God bearers. We're to take responsibility for the earth and the animal kingdom. And then the passage says that Eve and Adam and Eve would enjoy uh, walking with Yahweh in the cool of the day. Uh, it's the cool of the day in the, in the ancient Near East where it's very hot. That's just the best part of the day. And so, so what, what this passage is saying is that uh, life in Eden, uh, life as God intends it, 
It's about always trusting God for your fullness of life, uh, enjoying walking with God in the best part, make, make, making walking with God, fellowshipping with God, hanging out with God, the best part of your day. That's what it means to have him central. And then to take care of the earth and the animal kingdom. That's the truth about Eve. But the serpent comes along. He says, hey, I got some more news for you. He says, hey, he said, here's an alternative perspective. Here's a different kind of interpretation of your state of affairs right now. Uh, some more fake news. You shall not surely die. That deity that you've been trusting is a liar. He's holding out on you. You shall not surely die. Eve, you, if you've been content walking with God in the cool of the day, you've been selling yourself too short. What are you, some kind of a puppy that he takes off for a walk? You could do so much better, Eve. You've got so much more potential. Uh, don't be content with what you've got. Be discontent. Because discontentment is the, the fuel that will drive you to want more and to be better and to grab onto things, okay? And, 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 and if you're looking to where to pour that into, well, look at that tree, that tree right over there. Knowledge of good and evil. Eve, you've been settling, walking with God in the cool of the day, being content because you're blind. You could be wise like God. Because this is how God got to be wise. It's in your potential, but there's something you got to do. You got to break off from this Yahweh character and you, you, you got to launch off on your own. Uh, there's something you, you got to take matters into your own hands. Uh, you, there's something you got to do, something you got to acquire, and then you'll be full. Then you'll have life to its fullest. The minute Eve believes that, she stops being a human doing, or being, and, and she becomes a human doing. We are meant to be human beings, content with just being in relationship with God, one another, and the earth and the animal kingdom. Just contentment, not striving, striving for more, always hungry for more. We're, we're, we're created to live in this contentment. But the minute Eve believes this, the minute any of us believe this false news, false news is always destructive, what well, we become a human doing. Uh, the, the, the assumption is that if you want your fullness of life, you want to be fully alive, when I feel like your life's insignificant, you're not missing out on the game. You only got one shot, you know. Well, if you don't want to miss out, then, then you, you got to acquire that. You got to take it into your own hands. You get life by what you can acquire, by what you can do, by who you can impress, by how good you are at this or that or the other thing, by the crowd that you hang out with. By, you, you get life by believing that you're part of the crowd that has all the right opinions about everything, or you're part of the right religion that gets to judge everybody. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's life striving, always trying to get our identity, get our worth, acquire our worth. We're trying to get everything that God wants to give us for free. And, 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 and so that, the reason is because we're a black hole. Being separated from, from God, we turn into this black hole, this suction. We live life, instead of celebrating out of a center of fullness that we get from God, we live life as a suction. We're the ultimate consumer. I must consume. And we use and use and use and use to feed our hungry souls. The whole stage becomes potential food for us. This is why the tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because this is why we judge. Uh, we're, now we look at the whole world, and it feels like the whole world revolves around us, because in a sense it does. We're the black hole that's just sucking everything around us. And now we look at everything through the lens of our needs and our wants. What will this do for me? And so the truth is, when it comes to seeing other people now, we, there's another piece of false news. The truth about other people is that, as we know, they have unsurpassable worth. They're created by God. They're in the image of God. Uh, uh, that, that, and our job, first job as kingdom people, is to agree with God about that, to be in congruity with God about the worth of every person we come in contact with, or even the worth, the, the worth of any person we even think about. And we're to do that regardless of their character, regardless of what they've done, regardless if they're going to benefit us or not. When we look at the world through the lens of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we're always evaluating. And whatever is going to benefit me, well, that's good. 
And whatever's not going to benefit me, well, that's evil. And so we look at the world through this lens of, of, of evaluations all the time, judging. And the value that we assign to people is the value that they have for us. If the person can benefit us, well, that's a good person. And if they're threatening us, well, that's a bad person. Their value goes up to the degree that they contribute to me, and their value goes down to the degree that they don't. And to the degree that they don't, I judge them. They don't meet my expectations. They don't meet my needs. They interfere with my causes. They're, they're getting in the way of things. And so we lose the ability to see other people's unsurpassable worth. Because what we are seeing is our own judgments, even for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When we believe the false news about God, we end up believing false news about ourselves. And we believe false news about ourselves, we end up believing false news about others. We actually believe that, that we are, have the right and the capacity to sit in the judgment throne and to evaluate other people uh, and, and, and judge them as less than, to feel superior to them. All because they don't meet our needs. They don't conform to our expectations. And finally, we believe a lie about God. We believe a lie about ourselves. We believe a lie about others. At least to a lie about the earth and the animal kingdom. The truth is, the truth, folks, and this is throughout the Bible, the truth is that the, the earth and the animal kingdom have intrinsic worth. They have intrinsic worth because they're created by God. God values them. And... Um, our job is to honor that worth and to protect that worth. That's what it is to have loving dominion over the earth and the animal kingdom. Uh, to agree with God about their value and to treat the earth and the animal kingdom accordingly. That's our first mandate in Genesis. But see, when we're not getting our life and our fullness from God, when we're not just content being the beings that God created us to be and being dependent upon God, well, then we look at this world through the value of our needs, the value the, the, through, the, through our emptiness, through our hunger. We see everything in, in, in terms of what will it do for me? And so now the value of the environment, what well, blocks us from seeing the intrinsic worth of the environment. Instead, we look at our environment just in terms of what will it do for me and what will it do for us? How can we use it to our advantage? And it's not wrong to say how can we use nature to our advantage. Uh, that's part of having dominion, but it's got to go beyond that. We have to honor the intrinsic worth of the environment and protect the intrinsic worth of the environment. And if we fail to do that, we're going to screw everything up. In fact, if you've been looking for an explanation for how it is that we human beings have managed to so spectacularly, stupendously, and almost hopelessly mess this place up, it's this, this is the reason. We look at it as consumers, as though it's all here for our consumption. Oh, look at it. It's our little playground. We get to use it. We get to consume it. And we do it to our environment, and we do it to the animal kingdom. We look at a cow, and its only value is, oh, there's a, there's a chunk of beef there. Or a horse, its only value is, oh, I could ride it. Or it, it, it's, 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 how can we use this animal kingdom to make our life better and enhance our, our, our lives and, and, and make it easier and to feed us and all the rest? And in doing that, then we're blinded to the intrinsic worth of these things. And we just mistreat them. So the lie about energy or the, the lie about God, at least the lie about ourselves, lie about others, and the lie about the earth and the animal kingdom. Uh, we, 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 we just cons we're, all, we're like addicted to this consuming. You know, our whole economy, our whole economy is, is a growth economy. It, it relies on perpetual growth to sustain itself. And we've been supporting this perpetual growth by sucking for the last 150 years, sucking energy from the ground 
from all the decaying animals, whatever, fossil fuels. And, 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 and so we sustain this growth by all this fossil fuels. 93% of all of our, our income is, is derived from that. But see, that's a limited resource. And it's, it's, it's a non-renewable -re 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 resource. When it's gone, it's gone. And it's in the process of getting gone. It's limited. But we've been buying this lie that we can have this eternal progress and have it for free. Like there's unlimited energy to support this thing. There's not. And whenever you believe fake news, you eventually run into reality. And at some point, we're going to run into reality and the economy is going to collapse. At the same time, we've known for over 100 years that when you pump the fossil fuels into the air, it, 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 it's carbon and carbon traps heat. So not surprisingly, the, the planet is warming. In the last 30 years, we've had climatologists saying, hey, warning, warning, this place is warming, and, and it's a finite system. There's a limit you can get to. Better start cutting back on our fossil fuels. Been doing that since 1992 when we had the, established the, IC, uh, the IPCC to regulate the carbon emissions to make sure we don't get into a danger zone. And, and so they've been giving us these recommendations every six years on how we're doing whatever. And we haven't yet met one goal. In fact, since we established that organization in 1992, our gas emissions have increased 60% and it's still going up at an accelerating rate. It's madness. Why? Because we think it's all about us. All about us. Supporting our lifestyle right here, right now. And we're not even that concerned about the future, the human beings of the future, what we might be doing to them. It's like right now is all that matters. This is what happens when we believe fake news. We get trapped into our own self-absorbed, solipsistic worldview. And we use and we use and we use and it just does damage. Well, you guys, the antidote for, for lies is always truth. So what I just outlined is the four lies. We combat with the four truths. Truth number one, lock it in that God is fully revealed in the crucified Christ. Take all your cues about what God is like from him. And I encourage all of us to be perpetually pursuing the beautiful God. To be intentional at, at, at not only making sure that, that, that your ugly pictures of God are, are being pushed aside, but to be pursuing the beauty of God. And just know, use this as your criteria. You can't conceive of the beauty of God. However beautiful you think God is, God's infinitely more beautiful than that. So just imagine God as beautiful as you can and know that you're going in the right direction. But see, everything depends on this. Your, your, your relationship with God will never outrun the, the, the loveliness of your conception of God. You'll only love God to the degree that your conception of God is lovable. You can call an ugly picture of God loving, and many of us have been taught to do that. But you can actually only really love God to the degree that your conception of God is lovable. Do you have a, you have a God who is the God who's revealed in Jesus Christ? Um, Lock that in and make that, and, and spend time, spend time drinking of the infinite wellspring of God's love because that is our source of life. And then the lie about you. Um, the truth about you is that you're made to be in fellowship with God and to be content with that. And you were made to be filled with God's love and to live life out of a center of celebration, not living life out of a center of desperation. You're meant to be lived, having your fullness coming from your relationship with God, knowing that what God thinks about you is revealed in Jesus Christ. Not trying to get it from other sources. So call out, name the lie that you get your worth from what you do. And we've got to live in, 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 in absolute rejection of that because we're bombarded with that lie all the time. That you need to be a full person. You got to get this. You got to do this. You, it's about who you impress. And 
and, and what you achieve and how much you have and what kind of possessions you own. How big is your car? Do you have a, who recognizes you and who, who, who respects you and all the other kind of crap? That's a lie. The lie that you'll be complete once you get married. The lie that you'll, you'll be complete once you can live the American dream. Boulder dash, thunderclap, crapola all over the place. Reject it. Your life is found in Jesus Christ, and you don't need none of that to be who you are, to be whole, to be full. You don't need to impress anybody. You don't need to achieve anything. You don't need to acquire anything. You don't need to be climbing up the... Get off that, that hierarchy, what Dan called the, the baboon hierarchy, and, and just quit. Out of the game. Out, out of that game. It does nothing but bring about disquietude and strife and anger and all of the other negative things in our life because it's, it's not in congruity with God's design. And then don't buy the lie about other people. No, you know that they have unsurpassable worth and your job is to agree with God about that unsurpassable worth. And remind yourself, because the culture right now, it's, it's especially intense. Our relationship with others, the whole culture saying this, is totally dependent on do they agree with you or not? Do they represent views that, that are smart or are they idiots like the rest of those idiots who disagree with you? This is how the conditioning we're getting here. And that's a lie. That's fake news. You may disagree with them. You may think that they're stupid, but that doesn't relieve you of the responsibility to agree with the almighty God that they've got unsurpassable worth and to reflect that unsurpassable worth by how you discuss your disagreements. And you do that in love. Hallelujah. In love. Not in anger or in rage or whatever. By that lie. And then finally, we have to embrace the truth about the earth and the environment. Uh, and and if, if you think... For a second, if anyone listening to this is saying, oh, there goes Boyd on his liberal, his liberal environmentalism stuff. Man, I get to... <laughs> censor, censor, censor. No, I got to practice what I just preached. Um, that, that's what sucks about preaching is you got to live it. Gosh, I hate it. <laughs> Otherwise, you feel like a hypocrite. Uh, but here's the thing. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. This is not a Democrat thing or Republican thing. All throughout the Bible, you find God valuing animals and, and valuing the earth. You know, and, 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 and I mean, he gets mad. He, I, I read this about a month ago uh, in a sermon. Uh, in Habakkuk, God comes against this king of Babylon. He says, all the violence that you've called the animals will come back on your head. God cares about these animals. He grieves over, the, uh, he doesn't want to judge Nineveh because he says there's so many uh, wonderful animals there. The, the, the Bible does treat them as God's pets. He cares for them. He feeds them and all the rest. And our job as his landlords, made in the image of God, we're supposed to be little rulers of his, that he has dominion over us. We're to have dominion over the earth and the animal kingdom. It's his way of having dominion over the whole thing. But we're the landlords. We're to take care of this. And, uh, uh, and he entrusts us with it. And it's important because it's so valuable to him. Uh, it was our first mandate. And I still think it's the best benchmark for how we're as a species doing. Are you caring for God's property and God's pets? And if that's the criteria, folks, I'm afraid we're flunking pretty badly. Um, this is not a Democrat thing. Jesus, when he does his nature miracles, if you look, look into that, part of that is that God cares about the restoration of nature. Right now, nature as it is is under this curse. But, but when, when, when Jesus makes fruit grow on the trees and feeds the, the, the 5,000, he's demonstrating what, what, what the kingdom will look like. There'll be an abundance of things. But God cares about all of this. This isn't some human ideology. This is right out of the Bible. In Revelation chapter 11, it says that the time has come for destroying those who have destroyed the earth. And I tell you, that's just a passage that's been haunting me. 
And, 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 and so my wife and I have gone on this uh, very vigorous campaign that we don't want to be on the side of those who are helping to destroy the earth. Um, no, we want to be on the other side because that, that, that's our call. Uh, there's coming a time to destroy those who destroy the earth. It's just saying that reality will win at some point. When you believe in the fake news about the environment, uh, they'll, you'll, write, you'll pay for that at some point. You'll pay for that at some point. I'll be saying more about that a little bit later on. We're going to have some sermons uh, along these lines. Uh, our job is to, admire, to, to honor and protect the intrinsic worth. So here's the thing, you know, on top of GAP, we, we, we've been encouraging people to be practicing GAP. Get all your life from, from, from Christ. Agree with God about every person who you see they have unsurpassable worth and pray for your enemies, right? But there's a fourth thing I want to add, and we're not sure how to fit this onto the acronym. Right now, Dan Kent proposed an S, GAPS, and it will be a stewardship. Steward well the earth and the animal kingdom that you've been entrusted with. And it's, this also should be part of our everyday life. It should be on our awareness. And I know for many of us, it hasn't been. And don't guilt yourself out for that. Because we're, it's kind of conditioned not to have it on our awareness. But uh, the truth is that it's, it's got to be right there. All, all the more so because it's in such trouble. And if ever a, a group of people should care about the earth being in trouble, it, it, it should come from us. And so I, I want to just leave you with a, 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 another question. Still holding in, in, in place gaps. Uh, or gap, keep on doing the, those three. But here, 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 here's the other question to ask. It has to do with stewarding well the earth and the animal kingdom. Ask this question. If a time will come when there'll be the destruction of those who destroy the earth, you don't want to be on that side. Because that's living in the fake news. You want to be a person who's living in the truth and therefore living in the shalom of God. And so ask the question, instead of destroying the earth, how can you help? How can you bring health to the earth and the animal kingdom? What does it look like for you to love the earth in the animal kingdom, to honor and protect the intrinsic value of the earth in the animal kingdom? And just live in that question. It's probably a new question for most of us. That's a very important question. And if you're married, then talk about it with your spouse. If you live with somebody, then talk about it with that person, with your family, with friends. Whoever you share life with, what would it look like for us to really be respecting the earth, honoring the earth? Um, and I'll, I'll tell you this, I, I, I've been on such a, Shelly and I have been on such a learning curve on this just in the last uh, couple months. Uh, it's a learning curve. It's waking up to the fake news and coming into the reality of, 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 of the true news and, and asking what can we do about it. It's been almost as dramatic as my physical transformation once I got rid of the lie that there's nothing I could do about it. But I, I encourage us, as you're asking that question, think about how, how can you use less plastic, less single-use plastic? Um, and, and, you know, I can guarantee you this. If you ask this question and get serious about it, and I hope that you are serious about it, it will inconvenience you. It's got to inconvenience you. But 90% of what goes into landfills is there only because it's convenient for us. This whole, this whole growing economy has been built on making things more and more and more and more convenient as though we had infinite resources here. So we've got to, and besides, love is ascribing worth to another at cost to yourself, and that applies to the earth and the environment as much as anywhere else. It's got to cost us something. It should cost us something, but heck, if we call ourselves disciples, the word means disciplined ones, and so we've, we should be the people who are willing to be disciplined about this. 
educate yourself on this, the things that you can do uh, to begin to just not be destroying the earth anymore, but rather to bring health to the earth and the animal kingdom. Ask questions about your food, uh, your, your diet, uh, and, 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 and just be looking at ways that you can be a friend of the earth and the animal kingdom. Because the, to the degree that we are living in congruity with what is real, our lives are going to have shalom. And, and we'll be bringing shalom to others and to the earth and the animal kingdom. But to the degree that we believe fake news, whether about God, ourselves, others, or the earth and the animal kingdom, well, we'll be in the process of destroying it. We don't want to be on that side of things. So make yourself a helper, not a destroyer. Uh, Abba Father, um, we just submit to you and honor your, your definition of truth and reality. Help us to be a people who are always getting free from the lies of the pattern of this world and are having our minds transformed by the truth of who you are and what you've created and what your will is. And helps us to bring our lives in congruity with this, that we may be vehicles of love and health and wholeness uh, to those around us rather than a source of conflict and destruction. Uh, thank you, Lord, for calling us, saving us, redeeming us, filling us, being our source of life. We leave here celebrating who you are and living out of a center of celebration, uh, proclaiming you as Lord of all, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. don't leave just yet. We've got a few announcements. Don't forget, we have MuseCast at 4 o'clock on Tuesdays. It's excellent. goes deeper with the message. Don't forget that we've got gathering groups. Get into those gathering groups. Wonderful people there discussing a lot of good stuff. A lot of friendships being made. A lot of great ideas being birthed. Uh, if you're going to be here next week and you have kiddos, let us know so we can uh, have enough folks uh, in, in place to take care of them, to be teaching them and instructing them. And finally, what was the final one? Oh, this prayer. If you're in here, the prayer's up front. If you're not in here, the prayer's online. Go get some prayer if there's anything that you could use prayer for. God bless you guys. Go out and love on the world. Get all your life from Christ. Agree with God. Pray for your enemies. And steward well the earth and the animal kingdom. Take care.